Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I found my way back to a higher ground. I found my way back to a higher Welcome to Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, hello everyone, Julian King with you. Higher Ground this Monday night, just gone 10pm on the east coast of Australia. It is wonderful to have your company this evening, wherever you tuned in, 1170 SEN Sydney, 1620 on the Gold Coast and, well, all around the globe via the app, the wonders of modern technology. Eh? We're here to entertain you for the next couple of hours. Mulchie's here as well, pressing the buttons, keeping me awake. My open line number, 1300 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. Regular Monday night fair. Is it Monday night? It's Wednesday night. Did I say it was Monday night? You did. What is going on with me? Sort of blending into one. And you know what? If, in case you're wondering, did you have your Monday night script? No, it's my Wednesday night script. Simon McLaughlin, the deputy editor of the Daily and Sunday Telegraph, will join me shortly to look at the back page of tomorrow's telly. Alex, of course, from the panel, going to put me under the blowtorch as well with agree to disagree. Look, there's been plenty of chat about the Dolphins and their well, their desperation to land a big fish. Uh, this story surfaced today. It's about Wayne Bennett, the Dolphins coach, reportedly set his sights on a player that he handed his debut to in 2018, that being David Fafita. The Telegraph had this story. The Titans' million-dollar gun has privately reached out to his former coach for advice. And that's actually not uncommon. You speak to plenty of players that have previously been coached by the master coach, and they said they still just text him every now and then just for advice, or he checks in how you're going. He's, he's like a father figure. That's why he's lasted so long in the game, Wayne Bennett. Now, for Fida, as you know, desperately hoping to recapture that form that saw him become one of the gun young forwards in the game, and he's hoping benefits, Bennett's influence can assist him. So Bennett gave him his debut, first start, 2018, and revealed he would love to see Fafita on his roster while coaching the Dolphins. Now, it's not available for Feeder until the 2024 season. That will be the second year for the Redcliffe-based club in the NRL. But Bennett would be willing to wait while Fafita's situation in the Gold Coast Sours being played in the centres, you know, are off the bench and they just can't seem to get the best out of him. Let's hear what the super coach had to say about big day for Feeder. Yeah, well, look, it's not my job to coach other players at other clubs, but I... A lot of respect for him. I just know what a wonderful player that he, that he can be. And um, it's just not happening for him right now. So that's up to him and his coach to work it out. Is he going to be interested in weighing down the track? I mean, well, he's in that category. If he's if he's on the market, we're interested. Okay? You can't, you can't walk away from quality players. So he's a quality player, but he's not on the market. So we'll just have to wait. Yeah, nothing controversial there. You know, he's not on the market, so we'll have to wait. But of course he'd be interested. He's for feeder. Is for feeder. One of the most heavily criticised players in the comp. That happens when you get paid a million bucks and you're not living up to that value. But you can just imagine him thriving under Wayne again, can't you? So who knows what will happen. There's been a bit, a bit of chatter too about Mitch Moses testing himself on the open market. We know the Broncos made a big play for him before he did recommit to the Eels. So now we ask the question, will another Queensland club 
have another crack, this time being the Dolphins. Not as strange and not as far-fetched as it sounds. I heard David Riccio you know, say on 360, might have been last night, if anything, he may wait till the end of the year to test his value on the open market, Mitch Moses. And rest assured, the Dolphins will be keeping an eye on that. They'd have to give him a miller season for his troubles. That's what they're worth these days. 0457 736 736. Team lists out yesterday. You would have seen most of them. Just some of the notable ins and outs for the Raiders. Jared Croker, isn't that great to see him back? Very popular player. People thought he'd eventually claim the points record, but I'm not sure now because he's been languishing in reserve grade. But given the ill fortune of the green machine at the moment, gee, you could do worse than name Jared Croker again. It'll be his first game of the season. He replaces Sammy Valame. Ivan Cleary has named the same Penrith 17 to beat the Titans. But Brian To'o and Moses Leota, they could be late inclusions from the reserves. Taylor May's been playing pretty good footy. But Toto's a beast, as you know. Tom Opacek returns in the centres for the Parramatta Eels. Isn't that a timely return too? Which means, which means, of course, Dylan Brown can shift back to his preferred position of 5'8". Jacob Arthur back to the reserves. But... You know, they've, they've dropped something. Well, you wouldn't say against Newcastle, but certainly last week against the Cowboys. Heavily criticised for Arthur being at 5'8", and moving Dylan Brown out of his favourite position where he's been playing so well this season. But he's going to be back there. And, of course, this is the big story. Huge in for Manly. Turbo's back. Turbo is back at fullback. A timely boost because Brad Parker is out with that knee injury. Jason Saab's out as well with the toe injury. Uh, and I read today, it seems that Jackson Hastings and DCE have buried the hatchet, which is very nice when Manly take on the Tigers. Now, for the Rooters, uh, Daniel Tupo returns from suspension. Paul Momorowski back from illness. Uh, they need that too, the Roosters. A ton of outs for the struggling Knights. Stack of outs. They're going to have new halves. No clue nor Clifford. So Tex Hoy replaces Jake Clifford at 5'8", and he was hooked last week. Adam Clune's got a knee injury. Phoenix Crossland, Crossland returns and there's a whole host of others. Kurt Mann out. Um, I think Frizzell as well has been one of the few shining lights is under a bit of a fitness cloud on top of that. Now, my Dragon's got a massive game against the Storm. Jack Bird is listed again at 5'8". He's had the arm fracture. Got a bit of a knee problem too, Jack Bird. They reckon he's likely to play. In fact, Hook said last week that he was very close, but the short turnaround, they kept him on ice for another week. He's, he's a tough cookie. He's a tough hombre. And if that's the case, well, then Junior Ramon will go back to the bench and presume Jaden Sullivan would shift back to uh, to 18th man. Which is a bit of a shame because they had some spark, didn't they? The two of those blokes last week. And a big boost for the Sharks, Dale Finucan. He returns at lock. Cam McInnes will go back to the bench. Braden Trindle to 18th man. But Wade Graham's the talking point there at Shark Park. He's going to come off the bench after making his first appearance of the season last week. Now, the NRL, I touched on this on Monday night about Tui Kamikamika. The NRL's hit him with a nine-match ban. Nine matches. That is big, and 10 grand as well. That's in the wake of his assault trial, despite charges being dismissed by the Brisbane Magistrates Court. So police had charged him with assaulting a 30-year-old woman outside a Fortitude Valley establishment. This was in November last year. Uh, He became subject course, to the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy, which means he was unable to be selected for games. Charges were dropped in April, April 27, in fact. But, and we saw this with Ben Barber, the NRL obtained footage of the alleged incident and then, after seeing that, had proposed its own sanctions. 
in the NRL have said that Cummick and Mika had brought the game into dispute and that his actions could not go unpunished. And the league had said in a statement, following the conclusion of the criminal proceedings, the NRL has reviewed available CCTV footage of the incident which showed Kamikamiga in a physical altercation with a female member of the public. Any form of violence against women will not be tolerated by the NRL. And rightly so. I confess I feel uncomfortable watching these guys play having this under their belt. I mean, I'm a Dragons fan. The DeBellin thing still sits a bit uncomfortably with me. And I know people will say, well, and I'm not saying DeBellin shouldn't play. I know people will say, well, there were no charges laid or charges were dismissed, or in DeBellin's case, no verdict was reached. But stand-down policy works a bit differently, right? They operate more off this balance of probabilities, not what can necessarily be proven to a criminal law standard. Anyway, that is a position that Tui finds himself in, and he's the man solely responsible. Now, this is a bit of a coup, a bit of a coup for the Panthers, and disappointing for a Tigers fan. Luke Garner, looks like he's signed a two-year deal with Penrith starting next season. So we know Kikau's off to the kennel. He's going to the doggies. So the Panthers have signed Garner as the man to replace him, the Telegraph reports. But further to this, 26-year-old has reportedly taken a pay cut on his $375,000 a year dollar deal at the Tigers to link with the Penrith juggernaut. So if you're a Tigers fan, go, we'll pay you more. No, I'll take less to play with Penrith, thanks. It's not a show of faith in your club. 62 games of NRL for Luke Garner. That it was, was Ivan that gave him his debut back in 2018. So obviously he's got a connection with the Panthers coach. And Cleary was reportedly instrumental in signing Garner this week. I like him as a player. He's versatile. He's tough, Luke Garner. But it's a tough loss for the Tigers. Uh, Tamari Martin, isn't this a lovely story? We like feel-good stories here on the program. Return to the field after that 1,000-day absence, 1,092 days to be precise. Uh, forced into early retirement. He had a brain bleed. Pretty nasty stuff. And then Tessie New got injured. They slotted him in at fullback. He's been pretty impressive. And off the back of those comeback performances, he's set to be handed a, a two-year contract upgrade. Just rewards for Tamari Martin. Do you remember that debut? Kicked the field goal in his first game. So according to the Courier-Mail, negotiations have begun to hand the 26-year-old a new deal currently on a, on a basic development contract. So well done to the young man. He's fought his way back. He's deputised well in the absence of Tessie New. Broncos are sitting four and four now, and it looks like you get a contract upgrade. And congratulations to him. Uh, and still on transfer news, uh, Warriors player Cody Nicarima has reportedly signed a deal with the Bunnies. The 28-year-old initially signed for the New Zealand club midway through the 2019 season. He's fallen out of favour with Nathan Brown. He's sort of gone for the Chanel Harris-Tavita, Sean Johnson Combo is his favourite halves pairing. Oh, just on Chanel Harris-Tavita, in case all you blokes out there were wondering, uh, his surgery on a, on a ruptured nut, ruptured testicle has gone well. And yes, he can still have babies. So congratulations to you, Chanel. Uh, Nick Arima wasn't named in the Warriors squad for round 8 and 9, so a handy pickup. He's only 28. You know, he can be pretty electric on his day, can Cody. 0457 736 736. Now, you know, he deserves mention because they're in the Champions League final. I, I mean, I just can't stand Liverpool. And I can't stand them doing well, especially when United are going like bastards. But you've got to congratulate them because, gee, they are playing some really good football. Really good football. Well done to Liverpool. They held off a stirring comeback from Villarreal. They reached a Champions League final. He had second-half goals from Fabinho, 
Luis Diaz and Sadio Mane. Freak player, Mane, isn't he? Secured a 5-2 aggregate victory. So they were trailing 2-0 from the first leg via Real. Sparked hopes of a remarkable turnaround in the Estadio de la Ceramica um, after Boulay Dia finished in the third minute. Um, anyway, the, then Francis Coquelin headed in another to level the tie at two. But Klopp uh, threw on Diaz for Diogo Jota in the interval to shake Liverpool into life. It worked. The visitors scored three times in 12 minutes. Bang, bang, bang. There's your hat-trick to kill off the revival of their Spanish opponents. And now they've advanced to their third Champions League final in five years. That is a team at the peak of European football. So now, oh, how good is this game going to be? I'll drag Mulchie in a bit later on to, you know, he's the football expert in the studio, uh, to talk about this clash, Real Madrid-Man City. Remember, City won that first leg 4-3. Seven goals, could have been more. Stunning game of football. This will be a beauty. So either City or Madrid, presumably that offer a stir to test Liverpool and Villarreal. But, you know, it's a bit of a chastening experience at Anfield last week. So, you know, Emery's side, it was a pretty spirited performance. But we'll wait and see. Oh, did you see LeBron? Did you see LeBron James? He's posting with his Liverpool jersey on. Massive fan. Got a bit of time in his hands now, LeBron. Yeah, talk about celebrities, don't they? And... Where did I hear? Who was the act? Will Arnett, you know, the comedic actor, massive Liverpool fan. And I always wonder how Americans in particular come to support certain teams in the Premier League. I find it really fascinating. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. And you can call me in the open line, 1300 011170. Anything you want to talk about, not just in league, but in sport. I'm all ears. An update from the A-League clash taking place in Perth at the moment. Uh, glory, what about this? 1-0 over Melbourne City. So Melbourne City, the favourites to win the title. Perth uh, down the bottom with an anchor. And it's 1-0. Glory, glory to the glory. And we're about uh, five minutes or so in the second half. Five minutes. So still a way to go. And I don't know, I'd be very surprised if Man City remained... Man City. Melbourne City remained goalless in this game. We're surprised if Man City are goalless tomorrow morning. But we'll wait and see. 0457 736 736 is... The text line number, what we might do, we'll knock for a break on the other side of that. I will check in with my friend Simon McLaughlin. He's the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. We'll chew the fat over all tomorrow's big stories. You know, sometimes I really wish we could broadcast what we discussed during the breaks. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to my opinion, Alex. We'll leave it at that, 0457 736 736. Just a lovely footage of, uh, or pictures of George Piggins at South City Training. I see their coach, Jason Demetrio's tweet. He's the godfather. And, you know, he was very anti the privatisation of the club, but off the back of that success, I mean, you, you know, it's a bit hard to stay away. And it's nice that they still invite him back, George, because without him, you know, I'm not sure South Sydney would be back in the competition. 0457 736 736. Wednesday night, of course, every Wednesday we catch up with Simon McLaughlin. He's the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph to see what is on the back pages of tomorrow's telly. He's on the line right now. Evening, Smack. Uh, yeah, hey Julian, how are you doing tonight? I'm going very well. Um, I just imagine your week would have been magnificent after the mighty dogs got up. The food would have tasted better. <laughs> the the air would have smelt sweeter. Absolutely. And now the dogs have got uh, the Raiders and the Knights coming up, I think. Not so, a bad run. Um, Not a bad run. A bit of a, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, listen, <laughs> you know what about these wild rumours that Matt Burton's looking for an out? Have you heard those? Well, yes, I was uh, involved in... Um, that story last uh, over the weekend. Sorry, when yeah. we ran that story, um, that was part of a series we ran about 
um, players coming off contract at the end of next year, players who have options in their favour at the end of next year. Uh, if I'm that Burton, I'm probably saying to the dogs, hey, listen, um, you're going to have to really, really come up with something good for me to stay. So um, it's a long way off, though. But, yeah, that's the way the contract system something works. Something good. Mate, they got the godfather, Phil Gould. Well, what do you want? The <laughs> and they got... Um, They've got kick-out coming next year as well. And Reid. Hey, and Reid. I mean, that, that's a pretty that's good right. sell, I reckon. Particularly. Absolutely. Oh, Grant and Jeremy Marshall Kings be pretty good for you blokes, actually. But, you know, with Reid coming, that's sort of just – you find that's maybe the missing piece of the puzzle. You might say a number seven is. But I'll tell you what, you get uh, him, it's looking like a pretty yeah. well-rounded football team. Oh, absolutely. I think Jeremy Marshall King has been – you give him a pass mark, but uh, I think if you look at Bulldogs games as close as I do, uh, you find that he gets into the into the clear a lot and he doesn't seem to know what to do. So I think Reed Marnie might be a significant upgrade. With the cauliflower ears, Paul Reed. Now, Adam Reynolds v. the Broncos. Uh, it's a lovely sort of, I guess, subplot to this meeting because uh, the NRL would have been very disappointed that Renault couldn't make it for the first game of the season. And here they are. They meet mm. again in round nine. Yeah, this is sort of, you have to be one of the more sort of sentimental moments of the season. Um, and it's given us a chance to look at a whole bunch of other uh, similar circumstances where players have had to leave clubs for all sorts of different reasons. And then the next time they played against that club, and there's all sorts of stories um, that we've got in this huge spread. Now, um, I'll just detail some of them quickly. Matthew Johns, when he had to play against the Knights for the first time mm. in 2002, he was with the Sharks. And look, they got belted 52 to 8 by the Knights. And apparently, even Joey Johns felt sorry for his brother. And uh, that was famously, famously the game where Matty Johns remembers walking off and um, one of the Knights fans yelled out for the, you know, it's about time we helped the Knights win a game. So that mm. was a really famous one. There was. Um, when Sonny Bill Williams played against the Bulldogs for the first oh, time yes. in 2013, yeah. um, you know, I'd say the Bulldogs fans there that night were pretty angry about it. They got belted 38 nil by the Roosters. Um, Sonny Bill, the guy who had a hard five-year contract that he walked out on, but had to honour that handshake agreement with Nick Politis, apparently. Um, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Pierce against the Roosters in 2018. He was with the... Uh, the Knights, after having uh, you know a few too many drinks with a, a pet poodle, and um, that was a pretty savage night. The night he played the Roosters was a pretty savage night. The Roosters won thirty-eight to eight, and the guy who they got to replace him, Cooper Cronk, was the architect for the victory. Yeah. But the one I wanted to talk to you about was Gordon Tallis oh, playing for the Broncos against the Dragons in nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. He left the Dragons because of the Super League like, War. The, the fact that a professional would be sit out an entire year, it just doesn't sit right with me. You know, the Dragons fans well, had a chat, you know, you know that song was by Smokey living next door to Alice? And they do the yeah. Talus, Talus, who the bleep is Talus. <laughs> well, I want to know if you were one of the fans at Cogra who threw rubbish missiles and a bunch of tennis balls at him. No. What actually happened? No, I might yell or I might say something quietly under my breath, but I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter, mate, at, sure. at the end of the day. Look, he was a wonderful player. Just It didn't sit right with me the way uh, he departed the club. I'm stunned that, mm. um, you know, Ben Hunt's first game 
after he signed as a million-dollar man with the Dragons uh, when he defeated his his Broncos. Do you remember that first game of the season, I think it was? Uh, what yeah. year was that, 2018? 2018, I'm going to say. I'm a bit hazy on that. And he scored a try, mm. too. And he, he did the infamous Ben Hunt boot the ball into the crowd. So, That's yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. It's been a really good format of Reynolds for the Bunnies the past couple of weeks. Um, should be a good game of football. Uh, it's going to be a really close, really close game of footy, I think. They're both sitting four and four on the table. I think the Broncos doing better mm. than most anticipated. And South's probably been a bit underwhelming, of course, without Latrell, which is a big out. And But they don't look like they've quite filled that void yet uh, without a Reynolds departing, especially that combination with, with Cody Walker. Now... If we talk about the Western Derby, if it was even the west of the country, they mm. call it a derby. Penrith v Para. I mean, these are always games to get up for. Yeah, look, this is the uh, the cover story in our League Central list out tomorrow. Um, when Parramatta played Penrith, it was always, going back decades, big brother Parramatta versus little brother Penrith. Um, you know, the Parramatta had more fans, more titles, more success, more everything. And you've got to say that by the year 2022, that's flipped on its head. And by the end of this season, we might have Penrith having won as many premierships for as Parramatta in, in their history, despite Penrith starting a lot longer after Parramatta did in, in um, as a foundation club. And... Um, you might the thing with uh, those titles is that Parramatta's last came in 1986. Mm. All of Penrith has come since then, and we might have four equaling them overall. Um, we've got a whole bunch of stats that show why Penrith are now the true powerhouse of the West, not Parramatta anymore. Um, when you say stats, have, are you talking about things like junior development and pathways and play numbers and that sort of thing, or are you talking about on-field stats? Well, yeah. If, if you look at, well, if you look at, okay, so in the NRL competition, the Panthers are first, Parramatta are fifth. In the New South Wales Cup reserves, Panthers are first, mm. Parramatta are fourth. Jersey flag, Panthers third, Parramatta ninth. The Panthers just won the SG ball competition on the weekend, Parramatta came 11th. Param- uh, Penrith are in position to win the Harold Matthews, uh, Parramatta are fifth. So they've got them in every level of the game. Um, They've just squeezed past them on um, origin players. So last uh-huh. year, Penrith had its 40th origin player. Parramatta have had 39 origin players. So, um, and of course, Parramatta have had a lot more wooden spoons than Penrith ever has. So, um, yeah. And now with all their uh, financial powerhouses, uh, you know, with all the licensed clubs and stuff, but Penrith... I think can probably we need to start considering them as the big brother mm. and Parramatta as the little brother. I'm not sure Parramatta fans would like to hear that, um, but you know those numbers don't lie. And the kindest way you can put it, if I can speak euphemistically, is that Parramatta are in the process of a 30 odd year rebuilding period. It just stuns me that they have. <laughs> it just stuns me they haven't won a comp since '86. You know, a team oh, that big, that well supported, so, with that junior catchment, it, it's remarkable. You know, so you got to ask the question: well, How how yeah. badly? You know, there's a degree of luck, sure, but there's got to be a, a huge proportion of mismanagement for that to happen. Look, I'm not sure of the reasons why this. I went through the history of both clubs 
um, in the course of mapping this um, story out. And it's, it might be a bit harsh to say, but given all those advantages that Parramatta have got, you know, they've had two football stadiums built purposely for them right next to their league's club. They're right in the heart of um, junior territory, as you say. Um, aside from that one team that they had in the 80s, they've done nothing. Mm. So, um, and Paramount and Penrith have just shown them how, how to use all those natural advantages. Um, you know, they, they, I would say they'd probably go back to back this year. I mean, Melbourne Storm played them in the uh, Magic Round. We might have a different view after that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, it might be harsh to say Parramatta are a failed club, but as a Bulldogs fan, hey, I'll wear it. Yeah. Well, since 86, they've made, what, two? Two grand finals? That didn't make yeah, they, it. Yeah, they lost in uh, 01 yeah, and 09. And, yeah. oh, yeah. and 01 was that unlosable one. And then, you know, Joey was masterful. Ben Kennedy was masterful. And Newcastle showed up that day. They only lost by eight in the end. Oh, that looked very nervous. Poor Smithy. Poor Brian Smithy. Just can't get him over the line. You know, I actually wrote an article last year um, about the Penrith greatest ever origin team. You know, those that have been selected yeah. for origin while playing for Penrith. So I'll tell you what it is quickly. I'll tell you while we're on the Yeah, table. absolutely, yeah. Uh, my fullback, Reese Wesser. Mm. My centres, my wingers are Luke Rooney and Matt Singh. Centres, Ryan Girdler and Michael Jennings. 5'8", Brad Fittler. I had Brandy as the halfback. I wonder if Cleary might have might have usurped him after that series win because mm, this is prior to the series. That's a tough call. Uh, Luke Lewis is your lock. In second row is uh, Hoss Cartwright and Mark Geyer. The props are big Petro and Peter Kelly. And the hooker was yep. Roycey. And my interchange bench, yeah. Craig Gower, Trent Waterhouse, Isaiah Yeo and Daryl Broman. It's not a bad side. That's a great side. That's a great yeah, I think side. he might even be leaving a Clive Churchill medalist out. Luke Prittis couldn't fit him in. Yeah, know. but, you know. No, Royce. You've it's got to be, be Royce, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah good, good player though, Prittis. Hey, uh, Payne Haas and Chris Orr, this conflict is escalating. Yeah, look, I think people have been wondering why Payne Haas has been balking at signing this massive contract extension with the Broncos. And we've sort of found out a lot more based on a bunch of court documents that came out today where Payne Haas is suing his former manager, Chris Orr, saying that... Um, he has been underpaid massively, and, and Chris Orr is countersued, saying that um, Haas owes him $200,000 in fees. Mm. Uh, he also lobbed out an allegation that uh, the Broncos had covered up a scandal involving Payne Hart, or a minor scandal involving him um, driving uh, while unlicensed and using his phone at the same time. Uh, alleging that the Broncos didn't want that to get out because Haas had a, had a couple of other quite serious um, scandals in the past. So this is pretty ugly. And Haas has since moved on to another manager, but you know the suggestion is that it could affect his future with the Broncos down the line. Um, you know, the Roosters is always the team rumoured um, to be there. But yeah, it's... It's close to a $6 million deal mm. that Haas is putting in jeopardy in, in all of this mess by um, taking on his former manager who says that he's the key man in arranging that $6 million deal. So that's a pretty ugly one. And it, it, it often takes court uh, hearings to find out the, the true details of these 
these things that are bubbling away. Payne Haas, the he signed a contract. He's saying he's not getting the money he deserved. Is that the crux of it here? Or just, yes. You know, I mean, it's well, not the first time. But, mate, I mean, you agreed to it. I mean. Yeah. Well, Chris Hall is claiming that he deliberately didn't actually sign on the dotted line. So it, it, it's a confusing one. I'm no contract expert here, but um, it is interesting to see some of the details about, you know, the actual amounts of money, $6 million, yeah. um, up to, I think, the year 2027. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually ends up getting that amount of money. And Chris Hall gets his 200000 Yes. Look, you know, is he, is he a million-dollar player, Payne Haas? At his at his peak form, you don't, I think you'd argue he is, um, you know, compared to Fafita at the moment. Anyway, it's, you know, at the end of the day, you're worth what a club's willing to pay for you. I think, doesn't um, Chris Orr manage Kevy Walters, the Brisbane coach? I wonder if that would create a rift I'm not sure. Between that, I the mean, two that's of them. an interesting, I, I, that's an interesting wrinkle. If I, so. I, I should do a quick Google in the grass. I have a feeling he does. I may be mistaken. I'm sure the Oars used to manage Sonny Bill back in the day before he fled and joined Coda. Yes, Nessa. that's... That's definitely right. And before we let you go, you've got a little piece on, on Blake Ferguson tomorrow, do you? This is probably the best read in the whole paper tomorrow. Uh, James Phelps, who is not just a reporter with the Daily Telegraph, but a well-known author about prisons. Things, and, prisons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So he's interviewed Blake Ferguson, who knows all about prison, and in particular uh, the insides of a Japanese jail after spending 29 days in, in a cell quite recently. And uh, it's a really startling interview where he admits that he, quote, is not a functioning adult. And he details how he got himself into a mess uh, at the time of his departure from Parramatta. He says that he'd gone a year without drinking and that when he left Parramatta, he thought he would celebrate the end of the season with the team and that's when things started to unravel. He said that he, he isn't someone who can just have one drink mm. um, and that he, he wanted to have some treatment before he went to Japan but that the club wanted him to start immediately and he was uh, going to earn $1.5 million to play over in Japan, rugby union. And so he got himself on a plane in a really unfit state and goes out in Tokyo, says that he drank so much he can't remember <laughs> what happened to him. Uh, he woke up, uh, he, he blacked out, came out of it in handcuffs and with some cocaine in his pocket because so he doesn't remember how any of that happened. Um, then details how um, he, his time in prison in a tiny cell where he had to spend 23 hours and 50 minutes a day in that cell. Uh, he got 10 minutes to shave and stretch and that was it. Wow. Um, so it's quite a revealing interview um, and he talks about his issues with alcohol um, and he's, mm. we've read a lot of these sorts of things before but not in this context. So it's, it's a really revealing interview with a guy who is actually going to be playing rugby league in England yes. with the Lee Centurions. Oh, so, um, I hope things go well for him. Yes, uh, it's on the headgear, of course. Yeah, that looks like a really good piece. So check that out in tomorrow's Telegraph feature interview 
where Blake Ferguson or feature piece and Blake Ferguson at his time in a Japanese prison. Now, before we let you go, John's just written in on the text line. Uh, what does Burton want? A succulent Chinese meal would do it, surely. Your reply. <laughs> Well, that's what got Reed Barney over the line, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, uh, Gus can be convincing yeah. when he wants to be. Oh, I think he'll be there. <laughs> you hope he's there as a Doggies fan. Thank you, mate. We'll catch all of that in tomorrow's telly. Cheers, Alex. Cheers, Jules. There he is. Simon McLaughlin, the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. Keep those text messages coming. Get 0457 736 736. You're on high ground. Great to have your company this Wednesday night, 0457 736 736. I did say in this A-League clash, oh, Melbourne City, they'll fight back. 2-0 uh, now to Perth. 2-0. I don't know if anybody saw this coming. Looking rather resplendent in their purple. It's been a challenging year for Perth Glory, no doubt, with all the travel restrictions and whatnot. So it's nice to see them uh, having a rare win. Now, it is time for Agree to Disagree. We're still going to have to come up with some little funky opener for this. Mm. Alex, as I say, good evening to you. Nice to be with you again, Jules. I enjoyed the start of the show. Yeah. I always enjoy what hearing what's going to be on the front or the back page of the paper. He's a good man, Simon. Good yeah, man, Simon. that sounds interesting. Um, getting into the details of Lake Ferguson's stay in a Japanese mm. prison all sounds a bit grisly, doesn't it? All right, hit me. I'm ready for this. Agree to disagree. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with Redcliffe because uh, Wayne's been talking to the media, which mm. is something he doesn't do too often. Redcliffe will win a competition in their first 10 years, or the, sorry, the Dolphins will win a competition their first 10 years in oh. the National Rugby League. Uh, I will say this is a pure stab and no science. I'm going to say agree. The Storm won a comp in their Thinking? second year, right? No, yep. I'll say agree with Wayne. Peter O'Sullivan is a very savvy, savvy recruitment guru. Uh, yeah, I think so. They've got something in their back pocket. I think they're going to struggle the, first year. I think they're going to Maybe they get Moses. Exactly right. You know, maybe Ponga breaks his contract. and they. Oh, who knows? I don't think that'll happen. But maybe they get Munster. I don't know. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But that's, let's just say yes. That's a hard one to start you off. Okay, let's go a little bit closer in the future. Mm. There is no room for Ryan Pappenhausen in the origin side. In the 17? In the 17. Disagree. Disagree? Oh, jeez. Who are you... So, this so is where, look, are you dropping a forward or are you taking one well, is he, is of the he backs your, already out? He, no. You, oh, gee, that's a good question. You got me here because I've got to think about this. Is, is he your 14? But can you pick rap? You know what? A Change 14 that. who only plays I agree. One I agree. There's no room for me. No yep. room for him. Because that's I think, my think somebody like Hines is probably potentially more suited to a. Oh, look, I don't know. I don't know. If you're you a guy that can play like, dummy half at a pinch. Well, that's it. Pappenhausen, can he play dummy half? You, you can't have a guy coming off the bench like that. And a hell of a lot of attack. Can you, can you put him in the centres? Oh, I think you play him anywhere in the back line at a pinch, without mm. doubt. It's origin at origin level? Yes. Easy. In defence? These guys are that good. Well, defence is the big question, isn't it? You've still got that slight frame. How often do you see guys come in to origin sides, particularly wingers and centres, and suddenly... Their defensive frailties, which aren't really tested during the season. Yeah, in an I, unfamiliar position, I just couldn't see it happening. Look, I, I guess it also depends on how good he really is. And it's yeah. it's the the ultimate test. I mean, somebody like Trebojevic, somebody like a, a Jared Hayne back in the day. You could play these guys anywhere. It doesn't matter. Centre, wing, fullback, 5'8", and they would do a job for you and do it well. They're saying turbo, turbo fullback, arguably the best one of the game. But Tedesco's there. He could 
he played what? What did he play? He played right centre last year. Latrell played left. Yes. And now they're even saying, well, we could switch Turbo to the left if we needed to. He's that good. Trebojevic is that frame too. And he's, I, I would argue, he's a much better defender than Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, you know what? I don't know if Pappenhausen's in that side. So I've switched you over. I'm quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, third one, we'll stay, we'll stay in sport for now. We should put a roof on a core stadium and basil off the funding that Philandis wants to our smaller grounds out and about. And do you want my reasoning roof for this? Be, yeah, go. My reasoning for this, we could be in contention for a World Cup final in rugby oh. in 2027. Yes. In Sydney, we could be in the running for a World Cup a men's World Cup final in Sydney in 2034 if we are able to upgrade that stadium rather than spreading it around for one code. We could have two of the biggest sporting events in the world in Sydney in the space of seven years. It needs a rebuild, though, right? Not A a roof won't suffice. You've got to change the angle of the seats, you know, from that 22 years ago now, Mm. the sort of parabolic curvature that they have. Mm. So you're still miles away from the action, right? So it'd need more than just a roof. Oh, I think money can be better spent elsewhere, to be honest. So what? Does that preclude you from hosting a final if you don't have a roof? Well, I know Optus Stadium, very interested in the rugby reading this week. That mm. Optus are very keen to have the, the Rugby World Cup over in Perth. I know that Marvel Stadium would make a bid. The AFL would actually be keen to let a, another sport into its mm-hmm. inner sanctum. Yeah, round, unbelievably. round ground too. Yes, it's not exactly. Great. But for Sydney, I just think that opportunity... It would be nice, but I think there are need uh, the boost. Yeah, I think there are more pressing issues than putting a roof on a core stadium. To be honest, which grounds would you like? Would you like to see go to other grounds as Volandis wants, or are you happy for the New South Wales government to say that was the promise with Gladys? See you later. Well, it's the bargaining chip. Well, I, I got no major issue with them taking the odd main event to other cities. I got no problem with it. I'm not sure it'll happen, but I, I'm not against it. In the manner others are. Not the Sydney, Melbourne. No. No. no share Duck it around. Economy. You know, back your product, <laughs> showcase your product, make it a travelling roadshow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay. Let's go a little bit different. Mm. Um, was talking to a mate last night. Was at a pub for a couple of beers. Um, craft beer gets a bad rap. Well, it depends who you listen to, right? Because some people have never had any <laughs> other VBO and drink that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it does, and rightly so. You know, Pete, Pete Lawler, the cricket writer, who's a beer connoisseur, and he yes. does his list. He goes, you know, when I see beer and fruit, it's a hard pass for me. They get too funky and fancy. <laughs> a mate of mine is a beer distributor and an alcohol distributor. Some of the weird shit that you see coming, pardon the, the French at this time, and I can get away with it. Coming to the warehouse, I've seen banana bread beer. And yes. all. It's just, it gets a bit too out of hand. Having said that, there's some really nice craft beers out there. Some lovely ales, um, some really nice pilsners as yes, well. Um, so, you know, again, it depends what sort of person you're not talking to. Because you know, some are, well, exclusive. Some will go, I'm not drinking two is new. Whereas, oh, I would never do. I'm happy to drink two is new. Yep. Especially um, but likewise, those who drink, oh, I wouldn't drink that. You know, that fancy pants stuff. <laughs> I go, well, some, you know, there are good beers everywhere. 7%. Oh, 7%. Get some good IPAs in there. Indeed, yes. So okay. does it get a bad rap? In some quarters, yes. Okay, final one. And but, this is off 
This is off Joel and Fletch this afternoon. Yeah. Have you heard their Wacky Team Wednesdays? Yes. So May the 4th today. Mm. Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day. Yeah. Very important topic was broached in the opening segment of their show today. Yeah. Chewbacca be a better second rower than a fullback. He was named at fullback in oh, Fletcher's no, second side. Rower. No. He was named at fullback in Fletcher's side. It surprises me. Fletcher's been a back rower. No, he's disagree a, more. He's a back rower. He's a hard-running edge back rower. He'd be Separate. unstoppable. <laughs> unstoppable. <laughs> you need that bit of animal. You need someone like a Han Solo. He's like for feeder on steroids. I like good for feeder, not crap for feeder. <laughs> he's big, he's strong, he's tall. He's not a fullback. I didn't like that take. No, that was that was one of the worst. Ones. You know, the I didn't see the team, but I tell you what, I said to Brooksy, who's the producer, I said, "Mate, in the day I speak to him about another matter, I said Princess Leia's got to be a coach." That's a very good shout, actually, because she's got the ways of the force. She's a highly respected general, organizer. Well, so can Fletcher's lead a team, been... can motivate the troops. Fletcher put her at hooker. No, that's a bit rude. No, 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 no. The and, bikini, and talking absolutely. Of the heart, is that about? No, no, no. Talking about mm. the the leadership no, qualities you're talking about. No, I think she'd be a great coach. R two D two on the wing, yeah. straight lines <laughs> into the corner, short, stocky. I like that one. They're thinking a bit too much about all. Jabba the Hutt <laughs> in the front row, I'm presuming. Well, that, that's, that's, that's a, the most obvious one of all. That is the most obvious yeah. one. Thank you, mate. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Break it back with more. Perth Glory 2, man. I keep saying Man City. You see MCY because you see that sort of Easy thing in the break. Yeah, the Easy mistake to make in the Premier League. Uh, Melbourne City, and they are affiliated, of course, with the City Group, so it's an easy mistake to make. Uh, well done, Perth Glory 2-0. Uh, they're going to win this game. It's uh, 89th or 90th minute, obviously, stoppage time. On top of that, 0457 736 736. Bono Jack will get to your text shortly. Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. Hey, girls. How are you, mate? Good, my friend. How are you going? Well, I hope Man City win in the morning because I'm a Man City supporter way back when they were crap. <laughs> so, so you're not one of those fair weather types, right. yeah. No, 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 no. I, I like a lot of people around my age used to watch that two to three one-hour package before the ABC game oh, on a Saturday. Oh, it's the best. So good. Yeah, what about, I, hey, Mark, I, I Mark, like, Mark, what about when they do that? They do the highlights and then you have the feature game. You'd always hear your match commentator is Martin Tyler. Oh, he's just the greatest, he's, Martin He's the greatest. He's the greatest. And, and, the greatest. and uh, yeah, they, Man City were a, a, a yo-yo club uh, frowned upon by uh, the other mob. And um, then it just all turned from 2008, just been wonderful. And, um it's great to see. We've just got to win that Champions League. Got to win that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got arguably the best coach in the business. Um, that helps, of course. As Pep, and he knows a thing or two about winning Champions League. You know, well, look, to look, give people I, I, some perspective, yeah. I mean, Danny Tiardo played for Man City. Somebody of Danny yeah. Tiardo's calibre yeah. now doesn't get a look in at Man City these days, right? And, and, and Danny Tiardo was a good player at Man City in, in, in the old Division 2, which is now the EPL 1 and... The championship. He was a good player. Yeah, it's such um, a clean player too, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> he just goes studs up oh, in the yeah, knees. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Kevin Musket type of clean oh, player. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they cut their teeth yeah. at Millwall or but, something, um, do they? Yeah. But um, just the stadiums. Mm. I, I, look, I'm a person that goes to footy, so I probably go to twelve to fourteen games a year. Yeah. Whatever, but I'll be honest. It's great to get stadiums, but 
as Sydney as it's Sydney people, they don't deserve it. They don't support they don't support sport enough in this city. It'll never change. Um, they support it on the fringes like Penrith, Parramatta, but that Moore Park Stadium, it, it'll be a great stadium, but people, regular Joes, they don't rugby league types, they don't live at Moore Park, mate. No, I, I don't. It'll I, have a it'll, it'll have a honeymoon period, and then eventually, and then and what's laughable, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs are, are fighting over who's going to use it. Like, yeah, they'll be flat out getting fifteen thousand. Well, they they average probably fifteen thousand and forty thousand seat stadium. So, mm. what's the big issue anyway? Fifteen thousand, not a bad crowd. I actually am really looking forward to seeing that new stadium. I, I don't see the fuss of a roof. I, I know it looks sexy and a little different when it's Wimbledon, where it rains every second day. But footy, you can play in the rain there, Mark. And the other thing there is, you know, for a couple of big events, but outside of that, no one's really going to go out to Homebush, particularly now with the 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 rebirth of football stadium. If Souths leave, you know, Canterbury playing games now out of uh, well, Combank Stadium as it is. So you've got to attract less and less teams. So, you know, it almost becomes a white elephant outside of big events, that uh, core stadium at Homebush. You're right. You, you really got to, you really got to make that a rectangle stadium. Maybe make it a 70,000. Because I was there on Good Friday and, yeah, it's just, look, you've got a great, um, you've got a great uh, TV screen there. But, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, they've got to yes, really do something about it. Well, didn't they set that up? They're hoping uh, Buddy was going to kick his thousandth. Got the big bit TV screen ready to go, but look. Well, like even even that, like this is where I applaud people of Melbourne. This is cut from a different rug. That that was a massive build-up for that, buddy. They had the whole summer, mm. and they couldn't what twenty-five thousand people. Like, it just says a lot about it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it gives me the it gives me the it gives me the pups actually. Because people <laughs> whinge and whinge, and you say, "Did you go?" Uh, no, I didn't. Well, you don't go. That's why, uh, you know, that's why the Illawarra Steelers ain't here anymore. Mm. And I've had that argument a thousand times, you mm. know. That's why the Wollongong Wolves ain't here anymore. Yeah. You know, that's why, did you, did you, did you go? Oh, no, because, you know, I wanted a free ticket. Well, mate, if you don't pay your membership or, or, or contribute something to it, when it's not there, you miss it. Sounds sounds like a good theme for a Joni Mitchell song, there, Mark. Yeah, very. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Don't it always seem to go? You know, you're 100 percent right. You know, Melbourne's a different situation. They got that two stadium set up, but uh, geographically, it's vastly different to Sydney, right? So you can consolidate all your Melbourne-based clubs into Docklands and into the MCG, and, and geographically, it's really close. You go and you can head out afterwards. Sydney's not like that. So I don't see the the benefit in, in punching and pouring so much money into one particular stadium. Yes, I think um, that was the mistake of probably the last decade is that believing if we went down the Melbourne model, it'll fix everything. We're no. different. It's yeah. a different landscape. It just, it just works differently, you know. So. Hey, uh, Mark. Anyway. Saints v Melbourne. What's your gut feeling telling you? Well, I like these games, actually, because yeah, me um, too. it's a free throw. It's a free throw at the stumps. It says where we're at. And um, a bit of a... We've got to win down there one year, and they've got to lose. So Why not this I year? I actually think... I reckon they'll go right, but I actually think Parramatta will beat Penrith. You're, 
Actually, they beat them last year, yeah. I think. Might have beat them twice last year from memory, Parramatta. Well, oh, that well, one, I, ca- well, I can't have Parra, I've got to say. I can't have them. They may, but I, I just, I, I wouldn't back them with any confidence. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, one thing's, for, one thing's for sure, and it's history has showed us. In the 90s, everyone wanted Brisbane and Canberra to play in the grand final. Yep. It never happened. No. Um, last year, last year was going to be, um, you know, Penrith versus Melbourne. Melbourne won nine in a row. Didn't happen. I tell you now, Penrith and Mel- uh, Melbourne won't play in the grand final. That you know, reckon? Yeah. I, I'd, yeah. Look, I don't know. Melbourne look really, really. Bad. But just before I let you go, that game last year, of course, where Fumiano famously got sent off for clocking. Um, it was Pappenhausen, wasn't it? Got him very high, but. Saints, oh, you know, they conceded 40 as you do against Melbourne with only 12 men. But from memory, Mark, didn't they put 20-odd points on them, 20-something? They scored, I think, four tries, well, that, the that Dragons. They, so. that, that, yeah, that they had a crack. They, they, they played all right. Yeah. Um, they, look, let's face it, they were pretty good. you got to remember last year they were tipped to be the wooden spooners like the Cowboys were this year. Mm. They were coming seventh before... We all know what happened. And, yeah, the, the rest went to you-know-what. So, yeah, I'd still like to see Sloan there, man. Me I too. really would. We me need too. some. Yeah, me but too. I can yeah. understand Moses, Moses 14. That's good, but... Uh, yeah. Sloan, he be back. Anyway, girls, you take care. Yeah, drive safe. Good to hear from you, mate. Thank you. one three hundred zero one eleven seventy is that open line number. Well done to Perth Glory, 2-0 over Melbourne City. It's a rare win for Perth Glory, and I can tell you just quickly the A-League table, the back of that. So City is still uh, out in front, only one point now ahead of their rivals, Melbourne Victory. West United said the three Melbourne teams dominant. They are currently in third, uh, pretty congested there. Five-point gap to Adelaide United in fourth place. And you've got the Mariners. I'd love to see the Mariners make the finals, which I think they will, and give it a good shake there in fifth at the moment. And Wellington in six. And you've got MacArthur, Sydney FC, who are going to miss out this year. The Jets, Western Sydney Wanderers, Brisbane Raw, and Perth Glory. So that is the A-League table after tonight's game, where City have gone down 2-0 to Perth Glory. Now, Bondi Jack, thank you. I saw your text earlier. I have read it. And you make me laugh. You always make me laugh, Bondi Jack. You crystallise it, Jules. Saints v Storm is the conspiracy litmus. In caps, litmus. Uh, remind Hook how Saints mesmerised Storm last year by spreading the ball in the first half. Yeah, we talked about that. Trust me, you'll get totally shafted first 20 minutes, and I'll say Storm a king all day. We throw back to Thirsty Morrow, my erstwhile colleague David Morrow. 1996 semi, Chooks robbed blind, 16-14 v Manly. In the SFF members bar after Thirsty was adamant the Saints and my Chooks both get dudded. <laughs> uh, versus my main, ba- my main beach surf lifesaving club drinking mate, Arco. Every time versus Manly. Two weeks later, Saints got totally screwed on the putrid Ridge play at 8-2 in the city. It's still get That was so obviously... Like, Brownie had so obviously tackled Matt Ridge. He gets oh, a play out. Hang on, what? Even Sturlo and the great snorky Peter Sterling, one of the sharpest minds in rugby league history, had said, I'm sorry, but David Manson made the wrong decision. The floodgates opened, prevented what it would have been the most unlikely of grand final victories prior to the Super League split. They did get shafted. <laughs> and the other thing too, Bondi Jack, while I'm on that, clearly I've let it go, was afterwards he was asked about it, David Manson, 
and he referred to them himself in the third person. He goes, I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned. This, no, I kid you not, I remember this like it was yesterday, as far as I'm concerned. David Manson, correct decision. No, you didn't, did you? Did you just refer to yourself, your referee, you've made a, an absolute Barry Crocker of a call in the third person? No. no. Just, I, I didn't think I could have lost any more respect for him after that call. How wrong I was. Love to hear from you, Bondi Jack. Oh, yeah, Saints-Melbourne too, of course. There was that um, play that was allowed after the buzzer. Mm. Ended up winning the yes. game. They shouldn't have won that game. Uh, we've got a big Champions League game on tomorrow morning. Now you are the doyen of all things yeah. round ball. Real Madrid-Man City, uh, the first leg 4-3 to Man City. This game in Spain, of course, the aggregate 3-4. Alex, who do you like? I like City, despite Madrid's miracles and their history in this competition and the narrative around it. City have got their fullbacks back. They have Kyle Walker and Joao Cancelo playing this week, which they didn't last week in Manchester. It's a tough place to go to the Bernabeu, mm. but half of it is under reconstruction, so it's not as bad as it usually is a place to go, if that makes sense. I, I think Pep's got enough in the tank in terms of his players at the moment to to find a way to win it. Uh, they need this more than, than Liverpool, this Champions League. They've been so close so many times. Pep has not won it since he won it with Messi. He yeah. wants that crown jewel. I think they'll it's have It's the, the one trophy tomorrow. missing That's right. for them, isn't it? It's the one trophy missing. Okay, so Real Madrid do it. Who, who has to be the winner for them? Benzema? Benzema. Yeah. Um, but they've got some good players around him. Vinicius Jr. is, is big and it's football people, but he's not really a well-known name. He should be, um, the Brazilian. And they've got some decent plays in behind. Casemiro will be back for them as well, another Brazilian who holds their team together. Uh, they won't concede four goals against it to City, but the problem, I think, will be scoring at the other end. City will be better set up. They won't be looking to play quite as freely as they did in the first leg. I think that's a recipe for disaster for Madrid. Yeah, I remember years ago thinking Ancelotti might have been a good fit for Man United. And I'll stand I, by that. I think he would be a perfect fit now because he's the master of managing egos. Mm. He's done it everywhere he's gone. He's won trophies everywhere he's gone. There's a reason he survived and been asked back to Real Madrid. Um, he's one of the most underrated managers of his time. He doesn't get talked about in the same sentences as Klopp, Guardiola, um, those sort of names. Fergie. Fergie. Well, he's a bit after – he's coming to his Ange. peak as a manager. <laughs> Ange might be there one day. But yeah, uh, nice. Ancelotti, don't underestimate him. He's, he's seen it all many, hey, listen, many times. Listen, Stevie Gerrard can get a gig in the Premier League. If Ange gets, keeps up his winning ways – he needs another Stranger season. Things happen. Needs another season. He, he's going to go. He into, does. He's going to go into Europe. He's going to go straight into the Champions League yes. if he wins the Scottish Premiership, which is a, a change from the last. Few which years. he will. Exactly. Which he should six do. Six points. Three, but how many games? Three. Six, six points. Six points. Three games. So yeah, but outside he, of the top two, I mean, they just wipe the floor. The bottom teams in Scotland are not very there. good. He's over there. Wouldn't that be beautiful? And, and playing beautiful football. Exactly right. I'd yeah. love to see him do it in Europe. Give it one more year at Celtic, and then uh, pick up. A place like Arsenal, a place like West Ham, a place like Leicester, you know, that sort of club would be fantastic. But the reality is he might have to come up through the championship. Like a Brentford or something. Yeah. Brentford? Oh, that would be a perfect fit. Yeah, I think so. Middle of London. No mm. worries, Cobber. No worries, Cobber. Speaking of London football clubs, uh, the Sky Sports News UK is saying this now. Uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's bid to buy Chelsea has been rejected out of hand, but he remains interested in buying the club. Of course, uh, Abramovich 
um, at all these assets frozen um, as they try to distance themselves from any kind of affiliation with Russian oligarchs. Players exodus beginning. Their two centre-halves, Antonio Rudiger, is off to Real Madrid at the end of the year. Andres Christensen is going to Barcelona. Um, Thomas Tuchel has already talked about how difficult it is going to be to retain players, not just to bring players in. And what do you think the coach is going to go to? It, he might. His contract runs another couple of years, mm. but I, I think he might be angling for a move as well. I think a lot of people can see the writing on the wall at Chelsea. It's not a, a club with a lot of assets. Um, a lot of the, the, the surrounds of Stamford Bridge in the modern setup, you can't rebuild over. Mm. So it's not the most attractive prospect to investors and definitely not ones with pockets as deep as Roman Abramovich. Right now, I think they're happy that the hot water's just been turned back yes, on. Thank absolutely. you, mate. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday night. Not Monday, like I said at the top of the show. Yes, we're halfway through the week. Back to do it all again on Friday night. Thank you to our guest, Simon McLaughlin. Thank you to you too, Mulchie. And thank you to all our texters throughout the course of the night. I'll catch you then on High Ground. Bye-bye.